This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wode, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal cast and YouTube. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Cabal cast. We've got some general topics that we felt were pretty important, especially in light of some stuff that happened this weekend. Uh, basically, what we're going to try to get into is what we don't like about blatant market manipulation. We're going to have a couple of examples of stuff that we think is bad, and we're going to talk about how that's different than what like we do or Brainstorm Brewery or Fast Finance and those guys do. Yep. And what kind of separates those two. Uh, also, we'll have our picks, of course. Before we do that, I did want to announce... We are co-sponsoring a middle school FNM at GP Kansas City. Uh, stay tuned to our Twitter. We'll tweet out the link to the event. You can get all the details there. Yep. And with that, let's take it away. All right. So uh, in the past couple of years, basically, since uh, Magic Finance has grown past just having Brainstorm Brewery in the space and opening up to a number of content creators, store owners, what have you, well, we've seen a lot of people try and take advantage of the mar of an unregulated market like we talked about and not just purposely pumping and dumping but rather just trying to cause manipulation through either uh, fear of missing out FOMO or direct manipulation through misinformation and some other means and there have been some high-profile uh, bits of manipulation like uh, Bazaar of Baghdad uh, about 18 months ago I believe and then we something had like that yeah uh, we've had some smaller bits of manipulation in cards like Avatar of Slaughter, and then, uh, sorry, that's manipulation, not misinformation. And then we have yeah. an example of misinformation from this weekend, possibly in an email that went around to European vendors that could contain a Modern Horizons leak. And while the leak isn't necessarily groundbreaking because... It is a card that a lot of people are looking forward to having in modern. This did start a run on that card in the European market, but not in the uh, American market. Yeah. So the you know the example that we talk about with the bizarre Baghdad, and we've harped on him before on this show, and we've said you know, I personally I will say this: I think seventy percent of what Rudy says is bullshit. Yep. I I don't think it's I think he knows that. I think it's deliberate. He's smart. He knows what he's doing. He knows the hive mind will buy in mm -hmm. and then he can make a lot of money doing it. Yes. So like he's very attentive to detail. You'll see stuff in the background of his videos and stuff and it's all cues of some sort. At any rate, he went out and he said, hey, I'm putting this video up and either A, I've already bought all the bazaars under this price, mm -hmm. B, I'm going to, or C, I'm not going to and I'm going to let everyone do it for me. That's the type of thing that we think is not necessarily immoral, but it's bad finance. Uh, yeah. It's completely self-motivated. And don't get me wrong, we're obviously all in this to make money. That's mm -hmm. just how it is. But, you know, rising tides help every ship. So, well, yeah, I may not get, you know, $100. I'd rather 10 people get 10 because then we can pool resources and make more long term. Yeah. And, you know, that that type of buyout is something that sits 
real poorly with me when you say something like, oh, you know, either this has happened and then you know it's going to just feed out. Yeah. And I, for me, that just feels bad. I don't know what your opinion on it is or anything, but from where I'm sitting, it's it gives everyone in finance a bad name except obviously Rudy, who is immune because of his fandom. Yeah. So uh, Rudy definitely has a cult of personality built up uh, and he had it for a while before he even mentioned Bizarre Bad Dad, Baghdad at the tail end of one of his videos. And that was kind of a little tidbit. And people thought, this guy is going to make a run on these uh, old school cards, starting with Bizarre. And there was no movement for another week or so. And then he brought it up again in a video. And that actually kicked off the feedback loop in the MTG Finance subreddit, where people began watching Bizarre and started counting the number of Bizarres out there on TCG Player and MKM. And while a lot of people can't enter that space because the buy-in on Bizarre at that point in time, if the chart is correct, was about 800 or 650 or 8, depending on the timeline in 2018 where you're looking, it is a high-profile player moving into a high-profile format at a time where a lot of people were just at odds with the reserve list and what it meant to the company. So what I'm going to bring up here is actually the price chart for Bizarre Baghdad as far back as MTG stocks goes, which is uh, 2013. And then we can see the card sits at 350 until about 2015, and then it bumps up just with the standard reserve list bump. And then all of a sudden in 2018, it goes from about $800 to $2,500. And then over the course of, what does this look like? A month, it settles back down at about eleven hundred, three hundred dollars more than what the card was originally. So what yeah. he did, in my mind, is effectively just through fear of missing out and feedback loops, up his own investment in this. And the one thing that people have to remember about Rudy is that he makes a lot of high-profile moves because he wants to market himself better on his. Uh, marketplace or in his marketplaces and the main one is eBay so if we go over to eBay and we just search quickly for 50x Arabian Nights there is one auction up for a 50x complete set two million dollars this number has gone up it used to be a mil a couple of months ago yep. it is now up to two mil and my thought is that he owned this already. He owned these bazaars. He owned his, this library. He just made the hive mind push the price and up his investment. This auction will never sell. If you, if you look at this auction yourself on eBay, he basically says either uh, you fly in, and I think he says I'll pay for your flight. You buy it in cash and at the safe that it's stored in, and then you fly out. End of transaction. Yeah. Nothing done ahead of time aside from the agreement to come down and buy it. Everything is done on site under uh, the the eye of security. The bank. Yeah. Yep. But nobody's buying this. It's all about bringing eyes to the alpha investments listings in eBay. That pushes his listings up compared to everybody else's. He sells more cruft because he just cracks boxes and sells. He doesn't sell this stuff. This is he's sitting on this to either eventually divest himself and give the money directly to uh, his son, or give it to his son to do with what he wants in time. Yeah. And I, he didn't play inside baseball, and he didn't play dirty, but this just sours the taste of finance 
for a lot of the lay people that try to do this or try and get in. And yeah. it, it causes a huge stir when it comes to things like the reserve list. And people cite examples like this of market manipulation as to why Watsi needs to get rid of the reserve list. And it makes things difficult and it makes us the enemy, which actually makes it worse for everybody because that means buying collections for us is now harder, which means we can't put money back in the hands of the players who want to keep playing this game. Like yeah. you said, he's doing this a, a sole, solely motivated. He's only yeah. mining his own purse. We might see this 50X Arabian Nights set on the floor of GP Vegas. It might all yeah. be graded by the time we get there. Or he could have another 50X set graded on the floor of Vegas. We don't yeah. know. But it's just, he's looking out for himself. And I understand that. But he's just making life difficult for the the little guys that want to operate in this space. Yeah. And you know, and, and the interesting thing is, like, looking at that auction and looking at what else he has listed, Honored Hierarch, foil, 99 cents. Like, sealed... Force of Will, mm -hmm. Sealed Weiss Schwartz, uh, Gaia's Revenge times one. Like yeah. it's it's not there's not a lot of high end stuff. Like he's got some Buddy Fight Vanguard, Mega Corp Factory Sealed Booster Box. I don't even know what that is. I've got no idea. And like uh, Force of Will is effectively a dead game. If I had to guess, all that Force of Will is from well, what he has left that he's been buying from Distro, or it's the guy who mailed him like six boxes of. Uh, like yeah. large boxes of cases of Force of Will. Yeah. And like he's got a few here and there like sealed Fallen Empires and stuff like that. But by and large, most of his listings are in the bulk area. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the people that are watching these videos and they see, oh, 50X Arabian Nights. Let me see what else he has. Oh, you know, here's four Artificers Epiphany for 99 cents. Great. I need that for something. Yeah. I don't know what. And they just pick it up. And that's fine. If he had unmotivated uh, put together this 50X set just to leave it out there and, and manipulate the, EJ, the eBay search engine results, that's perfectly fine. But the fact that he called out Bizarre and he's done it with Library, he did it with Masterpieces, purposely to pull eyes... Uh, to finance and then from finance directly to his sites just makes it harder for the rest of us and that's what I dislike. He's not really looking at organic growth, he's looking at forcing this because that's kind of what he's done. He's always forced his margins. If you go yeah. back to the beginning of time and whether or not the stories that he tells are true about uh, what he was doing at the restaurants he used to work in, training shifts and jobs for people that couldn't complete the jobs so they paid him to do the jobs that he knew he could do. He was forcing these margins and forcing his income. And it all just kind of lines up and follows the same trends. Yeah. It, it just makes things harder for, like I say, like it keeps saying, everybody else. Like this isn't a space I want to work in. I don't want to work on the high-end reserve list, stuff like that. I, like duels are as high as I, I'll go for liquidity, just in and out stuff. Yeah. But this, it does trickle down. And it, does... it, it creates a bad feeling for people that are doing this as like a side gig type of thing. Yeah. And it's just, it's the negative connotation and stigma that MTG Finance has. It's this type of stuff yep. that does it. And, you know, it, that type of manipulation. And I've said, even on this podcast, you know, I love that this is an open market. 
I love that it is prone to manipulation, but I like the stuff that the market will absolutely dictate. There's a mitigating factor on Bazaar. There's a mitigating factor on Arabian Nights. The reserve list exists. Mm-hmm. So those can't those can't go down. Like the further you push that ceiling up, sure, eventually you're gonna get to the point where nobody wants to buy it, but that yep. one guy that needs it is gonna buy it. Yep. And then all of a sudden, look, I've set the market. It's this, now this new number. Yeah, the and it's the price chart for Bazaar speaks to exactly what you're saying. And it, it's great because you can see he raises the floor by three hundred dollars. He pushed, he pushed yep. the ceiling up, which also brought the floor up for Bazaar. And that's like I said, it's always looking to. That to me, it seems to be always looking to do with everything he keeps in his safes. Just raise the floor, raise the floor, raise the floor. It doesn't matter what the ceiling is at any point in time because by the time he's ready to get out, he'll have made like twenty, forty, sixty x what he put into each individual yeah, easily. piece. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, big fish manipulation of the market. In a similar vein, a couple of years back, I'll see if I can uh, bring this chart up again. We saw uh, Avatar of Slaughter do effectively the same thing. Uh, There were people that moved the market behind the scenes for a while by just buying slowly because Avatar of Slaughter was a sub dollar card from the original commander set. This is before the Arsenal printing. So uh, if we bring up the price graph, we see from 2013 to 2017, it held steady at a dollar or sub. And they would go up on TCG Player. You pick them up for any ones you can find for under a dollar. It's not that hard. You just move in and move out quietly. And then all of a sudden, people started noting that it was disappearing from TCG Player and they were getting hard to find. And it created the spike that I showed in the price graph and then that it was a pick i believe on a a finance podcast and then all of a sudden after the price spike there was a huge dump and we saw the price comes down uh coupled with the commander arsenal printing it was just a very well-timed uh out for that card you reflood flood the market again get your make your profit commander's arsenal's printed because we knew it was coming up and then you just dump them I, and I believe that's the timeline. I might be off by a, maybe a week or a month in regards to the dump. Yeah. But what people didn't do in that time was their homework. If people had done their homework at that point in time, they would have seen that this was market manipulation to begin with. I'll bring up EDH rec. This this card is represented in 1,360 decks total. <clears throat> that is nothing. That's a drop in the bucket. And sure, this is user-submitted information, but any EDH card that we see the needle move on is generally somewhere in the neighborhood of in the uh, eight to 10,000, maybe 12,000 at a minimum before it just starts to really just take off. Uh, yeah. Like I'll bring up Smothering Typhon, I'm pretty sure we'll see. That's why it's a $10 card now. Oh yeah. But this was small fish manipulation over a long uh, stretched out period of time where the, the people behind the scenes were very quiet and this has kind of created that cabal imagery. This is actually one of the reasons why we named ourselves the way we did. You know, yeah. It was the shadowy cabal that did this. Like, sure, <laughs> if you don't know where to look, you don't know who's doing this and who's controlling the market on this. And this didn't quite sour people. You know, people got in and out. It's not that hard. Avatar of Slaughter, Slaughter trades out pretty well. And if you bought it yeah. at, a, at a dollar, you're still able to get out on a fairly liquid card. But this was market manipulation by uh, another uh, finance group. And we want to bring this up because 
while we do similar work, we are generally pretty overt in what we do. Yeah, no. that when we first started, that was one of the things that we wanted to be upfront about is we wanted to disclose our holdings because I think, you know, that's and this this is the difference between what some of these people do, what we do, et cetera, is, you know, we we disclose when I make a pick. I'm like, hey, this is how many I have. So this is what you're looking at. Yep. And that's that's, I think, the next step that should be done in MTG finance is that disclosure of, all right, guys, this is what we have. Here's the transparency, because if not, you get that cabal imagery. You get the guy that's back there behind the scenes just, you know, doing whatever. Yep. And you have no idea. And and it, it just kind of makes things a little easier for everybody. Yeah. You know, when, when we are transparent and we say we have skin in the game in this card and we keep up to date uh, both in our Discord and on Twitter when we're moving in and moving out, which we're trying to, to get better on in regards to yeah. Twitter, Discord's a lot more fluid for us. You know, it makes us feel better about what we do and also helps the people that are interested in doing things similar, similarly to the way we do or see how we want to actually operate and do things. Mm -hmm. And we always... Uh, like to make mention of where we pick up our stock and where we out it, which is also huge. A lot of people don't understand that a lo uh, the other finance groups are picking cards up from buys direct from players because you know they run the market in their town or their county, what have you, and they're outing them via consignment in cases in stores. Like, sure, Sol Ring isn't really a bad buy at $3 when you can put 40 of them in a case at a store for 6 plus and sell them immediately. But if you yeah. can't, it's a terrible buy. Yes, it is. And you don't get a lot of that transparency with, other, with uh, a lot of other people in the space. And that's yeah. one of the ways we differentiate ourselves from other groups. Yeah. And... The, the last thing we wanted to touch on in regards to market manipulation uh, is misinformation. And so what we had go around this weekend is uh, an email, and I'll, I'll bring this up real quick, from Europe. I've got it up now. Of, what did you, this is in Spanish. Or... Yeah, so this, and if you follow us on Twitter, uh, I had a back and forth with James Chilcott about this mm -hmm. from uh, Fast Finance. So basically, this was allegedly an email that went around to European distributors and stores about, hey, get your pre-order in for Modern Horizons. And of course, you'll notice that's very clearly true name nemesis. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I tweeted out this weekend i don't think it's likely that it's related to this i think it's more likely that star city was out of what they needed and just re-upped stock i could be wrong it could have all been related but you saw a run on this card after this email started circulating and there's you know the the details are the important thing here so looking at the screenshot there's no from line there's no two line nothing nope uh you know i mentioned James, hey, I reached out to a couple of European vendors that they're not saying the email's fake, but they didn't get it. So this is the type of like misinformation that can sometimes get out there because someone wants to 
see what happens Mm -hmm. or they want to have some sort of manipulation and possibly, hey, look, uh, this is in Modern Horizons. Here's a run on the card. And it's kind of easy and has gotten easier to do because of the Internet now. You can have a tweet go out and say, hey, here's a screenshot of an an email. Mm -hmm. And 90 percent of people will probably be like, ah, no, it's obviously fake. There's no from line, blah, blah, blah. But the 10% that are going to be like, oh, yeah, because of FOMO, well, all of a sudden, yep. they're all over the card. Oh, yeah. And generally, when a, a run on MKM happens and it's coming to a U.S. vendor, you get the uh, screenshot from an, yeah. the MKM vendor put up on a, a finance sub or on Reddit. To just yeah. kind of let everybody in the U.S. know, like, hey, they're so and so is moving. Um, yeah, and we have not had that yet. No. So. So I will eat my hat on that one. I was wrong. I uh, wouldn't it, say you're wrong. It just means that maybe they, if somebody did buy this out on an actual a large vendor, it, this is uh, it's a mythic, eh, quote unquote, in the commander set, and another mythic in battle bond. Yeah. Right? So it might not. It might be that instead of ordering. 85 for one person it trickles in four 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 six whatever yeah so it might not be the case then with the hand with more legacy events in q2 compared to q1 star city does have uh, skin in the game in terms of a re-up yeah there, yeah there is that though and it, it's been obvious for years if you follow anything that they use a forwarding service in in europe and uh, that is that yeah but the the other thing is this can be compared to uh, another similar leak, Shadows over Innistrad. I can't remember when, but it was uh, regionals weekend uh, of the Shadows over Innistrad uh, release, maybe two or three weeks before that. And uh, I was judging on the floor, and somewhere around, around rounds two or three, the judges started passing around a phone. And what somebody had found on Twitter was there was a company out of Europe that had managed to walk away from printing several with several packs of Shadows over Innistrad, sold them on a European auction site. Somebody, uh, and the listing had a cracked pack with Fiery Temper in it. Yep. And it was the first mention of the Madness mechanic in that set. So you're looking at a foreign language copy of a card that we had not heard about with a mechanic that we did not know was returning with uh, new art and uh, pack wrappers that we hadn't seen yet. Yeah. And that all turned out to be real. <sighs> so there, there is precedent for things like this happening, but market manipulation through possible misinformation is an, an obvious, or could you can point to as an obvious case here. Yeah, just like, you know, pay attention to what you're looking at, mind the small details, and make sure you're doing your research. Mm-hmm. You know, EDHREC. It's a great site to check. MTG Stocks, it's a great site to check. If you have any type of scripting skills, uh, you can check inventory levels, write a script for a couple of cards on TCG. We've got a guy in the Cabal that's currently, he's a slumlord, and he'll admit it. So he's tracking sub-a-dollar cards from Kaladesh block. Yeah. uh, And just seeing what moves. And it's just educating yourself and doing that research. And, you know, the... A lot of times, you know, and I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due to like BSB, Fast Finance, us, 
we try to be as educational as possible while not being blatant about like, oh, we're self-interested, we're going to manipulate the market yeah. because like, again, that's bad for everyone. And that's that's the big difference to me between like the Rudy's, uh, you know, some of the shadow cabal members that are sending out pictures of fake emails from Modern Horizons. Um, you know, it is at least trying to be educational about it. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing about MTG finance is it's not hard. You literally just have to know where to look and what to do and you can do it. No problem. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And sometimes you can even figure out what's going on ahead of time and be ahead of the curve. Uh, if something looks uh, a little fishy, like people are talking about a card, the price hasn't moved on TCG player, but there's enough buzz about it. Start checking buy lists and you might see that actual vendors have raised their buy list price because they are being bought out. But for whatever reason, TCG player might, might not be moving it or low, quant low quantity uh, resellers might have been bought out and you just don't notice because what's left is like HP and damage before you actually start getting into uh, LP. You know, yeah. maybe the, the floor was raised on the card and you haven't noticed it yet. No, we just... Uh, which on that topic, you'd actually just mentioned not too long ago in the Discord, which again, you guys should sub to. Uh, there's actually a pretty good spread for Apocalypse Caves of Koilos right now on Card Kingdom. Yes. And something that I've noticed as like, you know, the constant uh, buy listing and stuff like that that I do, because that's, you know, one of my main outs. Uh, if you want it to stick, if you want a price to stick, but you're going to see prices on Card Kingdom, the buy list is going to go up first. Because if their buy list is high enough, they'll just buy out TCG. TCG. They don't care. Yeah. The problem is when their buy list is like 20 cents off, which Niv-Mizzet or Expansion Explosion, I think you mentioned a couple weeks ago when you were like, hey, this was still one of my picks. Get in now. It's the last chance. It's still like, that's it. Yeah. You know, this is as low as it's going to get for the short term. When you have a buy on a card that's out of stock on TCG Player and Card Kingdom's paying $6 on it, well, the card's never going below six dollars. Yeah, they'll hold it. And I'll yeah, hold, they'll and hold the market price on it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the type of like education that you just need to do to be mindful and be aware of what's going on. Yep, the the resources are at your fingertips. How you choose to use them is is up to you. But you can generally get ahead or uh, stay on par with market movements if you know where to look and what sources to intake properly. Yeah, but. Moving out of that and into uh, other bits of market manipulation with our picks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go first this week because I said so. Sure. Uh, um, my pick for the week is a card that I actually stumbled into a few weeks ago in Summoner's Pact. So I was actually at F&M uh, playing. I wasn't even playing. They had a chaos draft. I was just there with binders to grind. And somebody's like, yo, you want three Summoners packed? I was like, ah, this is just reprinted. Probably not. And he just pulled a bunch of standard craft and some random foils. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll take your Summoners pack. Yeah. Because Titan was up and coming again. It had uh, the same gentleman that did, like, top eight at GP Toronto or something like that had just won a Star yeah. City opener. Maybe it happened uh, in reverse. And then it did well in the Star City circuit. And then they had a modern event coming up. I was like, all right, let me get in on, on Summoners packed. It's the, the low end cards. And lo and behold, that deck puts two copies into top eight. Then there is a run on Grand Prix promo prime times. 
I believe mm -hmm. the price has begun to float up on non-foil primetimes, and Azusa is already a $40 card. So what is the next target that isn't Hivemind? Well, it is Summoner's Pact, which is yeah. a just about a $10 card now. It's a little bit below that for Future Sight. And uh, Modern Masters should hold about the same price. Yep, right around there. Yep, somewhere in there. Once the, the graph loads, and then... Sorry, Masters 25, not Battle Bond, because I'm, I'm oh, a yeah, old dummy. Yeah. I'm a dummy. Yep, still holding solid at 8. Azusa is a $40 card again. Yeah. She's in Everyone one... thought that wouldn't stick because of the reprint. Well, yep. it did. She's in one deck. Primetime is in two. Sumner's Pact is in two. It just seems fairly logical that once all the mythics start to move up, they're going to go after the rare that's only been printed maybe, if you sum total everything, one and a half times. Basically, Future Sight, yeah. comparatively speaking, a short run set to what we're used to. Modern Masters 1, we know, was a short run set compared to other Master set. And then uh, M25. And a lot of those cards have begun, begun to rebound. They're, yeah. they're coming back up. And while the price graph on the uh, Masters 25 price uh, is fairly flat, you can see that from the image I brought up, both the Future Sight and the Modern Masters versions have come back up since this printing. So it is... The Masters 25 version, which is the one I'm going to suggest looking at, is the only one to not start moving on that upward curve. Which means yeah. if you're using a TCG player app, you should be able to trade for this thing pretty easily between 6 and $8. And in the short term, it should be an easy trade out for 10 to 12 once more people buy into Titan and start crushing on the Star City circuit. Now that they move yep. up to... I believe there's a, single, a singles modern event coming up, uh, at least a team event team constructed i think they have a team modern there's even a yeah it's a team non-unified modern gp so yep. star and, city tested that one out and it turns out it was good yeah because team unified is a steaming pile yes it is it's awful yeah you can't have unified. jund in any other deck <laughs> no it's cool you've got jund tron guy and affinity good luck yep great thanks guys so awful uh Summoner's Pack is uh, my pick basically until Pro Tour London. I think okay. that's the other reason I want to. I think people need to get ahead of this card. Yeah. This that's is a fair. deck that Mulligan's okay right now, but once you have the ability to sculpt that opening hand, this is going to do a lot better at that event. And mm. coming. I don't have the timelines for ban and restricted in front of me, but I think it's going to be a couple weeks after that. So if the deck skips that. For whatever reason, yeah. Then we'll see all the pieces go up. Yep. Great. So again, hate, I hate that mulligan rule. That's all I wanted to uh, say. About. I like it. I hate it. So Stop. again, this is the diversity pick because it's in a number of decks, and it is also the low-hanging fruit of all the other cards. Azusa is holding solid at forty. Prime times going up. Amulet, I'm sure, has gone up. I don't even care about that card anymore. Coalition Relic has always been ridiculous. And then after that, the deck is just commons. Yeah. Oh, Hivemind, which has right. already gone up. This is literally the last rare in the deck that is not to see, uh, not seen a, a, yeah. a price increase according to uh, to stocks or even TCG if you've been tracking it. So, yeah, that's me. So, mine is uh, Biobox Primal Amulet. So, first off, I love the Ixalan Biobox promos because the alternative art, it's one of the sweetest things I think they've ever done with yeah. something like that. Because 
besides, I mean, it's two arts. That map is insane, and I don't see them doing it again. Uh, and actually, ha, huh, so we made that note in the Discord on Thursday yep. when market was 9.08, and market has gone up it's doubled. a dollar. Yeah, so uh, we went from $11 to 18 for the median in the last two days. Um, yeah, there's geez. a couple listings on TCG still for sub $15. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the reasons I like this card. So first off, promo printing, alternate art, all of that's great to love. The other thing is it reduces the cost of your spells. And when you transform it, you get free copies uh, of the spell. Yep. So it's the type of thing that EDH, casual, competitive, whatever, loves. And honestly, it's probably only a card or two from being busted in half on an Eternal format. Shouldn't take that long at this rate. I want to uh, say I've seen Pyromancer's Goggles in some weird mono-red legacy deck. Yeah, Not Moon it was uh, Hazaret's Undying Fury Stormlust ran Pyromancer's oh, Goggles. Oh, yeah, that's it. The yeah. mono-red storm. Yep. Yeah, and that was before Primal Amulet existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that was right when Hazaret's Undying Fury had come out. So this is a card that if you can pick it up for sub-15, I mean, even looking at TCG, there are two listings for sub-15 without shipping. Yep. And we're down to 16 listings total. Jeez. Uh, You know, by extension, this is, you know, this era buy-a-box promo, uh, you know, Argyle's Bloodfast, all that stuff, they're starting to dry up. Yeah, I specifically highlighted this one because I think it has the best room to grow because the demand for it is just ridiculous. I think Dowsing Dagger is probably another one that's fine. It's like $4. Yeah. Is that now. the one that flips into Lotus? Yeah. Yeah, that one, like, it makes two yeah, flips plants. Yeah, Lotus Veil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wicked that's, good. That's, that's a good one. But yeah, Prey, uh, Primal Amulet is my pick for the week, and we actually do have a bonus for you guys. Uh, before we go into that, though, uh, Primal Amulet was actually in uh, Reclamation decks as well. That's why the regular one holds a $4 price tag. It's not just floated by EDH because the card is, is obviously good there, right? If you play yeah. Red X spells, you're going to play this deck, uh, this card. Uh, you basically copied your explosions and fight with fire. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, yep. It was yet again another Todd Anderson special. He played it for a couple of days and definitely like <laughs> splashed the pot on on Moto with it before uh, it really kind of caught on on Arena and then uh, tanked for other versions of Team Reclamation that were a little more controlling and a little more consistent. Yeah, uh, but this definitely does have a precedent of play in Standard. Yeah, and it's that's. You know, looking at Treasure Map, which is held up entirely by Standard, uh, and a little bit of EDH. That buy a box promo is $13 and has 45 listings. Well, that's a popular format. It's cheap pimp in that, so Primal Amulet definitely has a ways to grow. Uh, I remember a while ago, there was a buyout on them and a run. If you look at MTG stocks, you can see in May... It peaked at like $36 after a buyout, and it's been gradually ticking down since. Yeah, yeah. Well, then I, this past weekend, started going back up again. So I, I've got a question uh, as I think about this and bring up the, the spike so we can see it again. It's just a hard spike, and then uh, you can see the floor got raised. When do the new FNM promo packs start? So the new FNM promo packs start in June. 
And what what was said at Gamma is that it will be current BioBox promos. So in standard. So in June, we will still have Ixalan, right? Yes, it's yeah. September. And yeah, uh, for a couple of months. So I don't know if they're going to include the holiday BioBox because what prompted that question or what prompted that response was someone said, is Nexus of Fate going to be in these packs yes and they said yes we'll have buy a box promos for in standard product now i don't know if that means in print in standard product because dominaria is gone yeah and excellence older than dominaria yeah yeah now the only reason that m would still be uh in print is because for those of you who haven't been around long enough corsets used to stay in print until the next corset it didn't matter what other sets were in standard. Yeah. That core set was getting printed because that was the product to introduce people to the game. It's 50% reprints, 50% new cards. It's an easy way to inject into the format. Yeah. Yeah. So we still have M19 in print. We're still getting that stuff. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But that's that's what we're looking at with that. Uh, so sorry. I, my apologies. Oh, that's fine. I, I just remembered as we were talking about it that Biobox promos will be a part of those packs and whether or not we see any of the yeah, Bi- I, the Ixalan promos in there, probably not, but it dumber it's something things to be have happened. Of, yeah. 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 Yeah, which which I had not thought of. You are correct. We could see those in there. So it may be worth holding off just to see what we end up with. Yeah. Um but, but yeah, we we did have a bonus pick as well. Yeah, our meat, our spicy meatball. Yeah. Uh, so we noticed, uh, and the guy running our cards for your inventory, which if you don't use that, definitely check that out. Yeah, it is fire. Uh, really, really good platform to move stuff on. Um, has noticed that offers on Crucible of Worlds have been going up like crazy, and we've been sending a lot at you know effectively. 85 to 90 percent of index yep. uh which that's a pretty consistent out for that so crucible which of course was one of those cards that really was just a reprint away you know it, it wasn't pushed up by any constructed format it's a one of in some random tron decks yep uh sidebar there sometime uh, now uh four color prison that deck i hate with a passion uh, it's in yeah. Legacy and I think every Vintage deck. I could be wrong yeah. about that one. Because why not recur your Talarian Academy after it gets Wasteland? Yeah, every turn. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, it, it was prior to that reprint about a $40, $50 card. Yep. Almost entirely because of EDH, which is where it's popular. Yeah. And now we've got, you know, just about a month ago, it was at its all-time low. And then it's just been like up four or five percent since then, but you're starting to see this demand spike. Yeah. So this is the type of thing that like it, definitely keep an eye on it because yes. it seems like it's primed to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, the M19 one, obviously, Judge Promo, it's whatever. Masterpiece, yeah. whatever those you know. Uh, pimp is pimp. It's a niche market. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but that's. That's definitely something to look into. So yeah. uh, the the price graph that I brought up, I had to zoom in real far, but we can see starting at the end of February a very slow kind of maybe bi-weekly increase of the price. Uh, this is we're talking thirteen fifty up to fifteen fifty over the course of uh, two months, according yeah. to, to TCG Market, not Cardsphere, which is where we are seeing uh, movement. 
Yeah. But to, to lend credence to this card is just kind of being a, a long-term staple of uh, EDH format. I'll bring up EDH where I can highlight this number. 15,000 decks run this card. And that, that number probably increased maybe 10% after it became a more reasonable card to pick up. You know, when it drops yeah. from that $50 card down to $15. So you're talking about 13,000 plus people who wanted to or had to run this $50 card, and they were paying for it. We're not talking force of will here. We're talking crucible. Easier yeah. to splash, probably more reliable in the format. This card, uh, until they reprint it again, it's just going to do nothing but go up. It is a safe hold, and I... The rumor is that we're going to go back to Mirrodin again to some some degree. Yeah, we'll so see. If we do and we don't see it there, you're a golden to pick up this card. If you pick it up now, buyer beware. But I, yeah. I, I, doubt, I doubt we get another reprint of this in Standard. No, I don't think we do. We may see it in the supplemental set, and I don't think we really need it right now, so I would expect them to hold off for a little bit, frankly. Yeah, I think uh, this and Scape Shift were kind of their... Uh... I'm trying to think of the right word for this. Value their correction. May... Yeah, yeah, they're kind of like mea culpa to EDH players. You know, like, yeah. they couldn't find a good place to print this card because it's freaking weird. Like, there's no standard set that wants this, and they never wanted to put it in a draft format because it's terrible. Yeah. So you find the right place for it, which is a core set, because anything goes. And the same thing with Scapeshift. And you make it look like you have some plans for these cards, but in reality, you do nothing. Yeah, you just put them out there to get the value down, which yeah. is fine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, price corrections are, are great for us and the players as a whole. Yeah, definitely. Thing of beauty. But that is going to uh, do it for us this week. Uh, next week... We know for a fact that our episode will be delayed, but that is because of me. I will actually be at Anime Boston starting on uh, Thursday. Uh, we should. You start. have the question form up, correct? For... Uh, I do. Uh, I since I will be working with one of the largest vendors in the space, I have basically created a kind of AMA, and I will be sitting down with the. Uh, I'm not going to spoil his name or the company, uh, but y'all yeah. will love it. Ah, yeah. it's going to be great. Love the guy. He's one of the best people in the industry, just a genuinely good dude. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have it opened up on both discords, so we're going to be uh, using that as our questionnaire, and hopefully, I don't know what time I'm going to get back on Sunday, but I'll either get it up Sunday or Monday after I edit it down. But I will be tweeting out from probably, we'll have to talk about it, my personal account some of the images sure. from uh, a con like that because the setup tear down and what goes on as a vendor is a little more unique than what than what goes on in a gp yeah so, that is true uh yeah like uh, vendor village and all that setup is is pretty dope so uh pay attention and in the meantime if you actually want to throw some questions our way uh, we do have our patreon running still at mtg cabalcast and we are still working our way towards 100 patrons for that uma box giveaway Yep, uh, and then you can always find us on Twitter at MTB, MTG Cabalcast. I am at Halt. I am Reptar, and, and at Thirsty Sizzler. Thanks for tuning in, guys. All right, we'll see you next week. This is.